Before we jump into this episode, let's hear from our friend Nolan and every podcast I love is dead. Do you love music? Music news and guest interviews with artists from all around the world across many different genres? My name's Nolan and I love music. In fact, I love music so much I created a podcast entirely dedicated to it called Every Podcast I Love is Dead. Every week is a brand new episode where I interview musicians, artists, podcasters, radio hosts, and so much more. New episodes are available every Thursday on all your favorite podcast streaming platforms, and you can check us out on social media and at everypodcastiloveisdead.com. Hope you can join me. Matthew Thomas. This is Super Cool Radio. Have a very special guest with me for this episode. She fronted New York Loose in the 90s and recently released a brand new solo album entitled Lockdown. Please welcome Bridget West. Hello. <laughs> very nice to meet you. I've been looking forward to this episode. Uh, I kind of recently discovered uh, New York Loose. Uh, I saw you on uh, Ryan Roxy's podcast last year. Cool. And I uh, started listening to, obviously, your solo work, but also New York Loose as well. Awesome. That's so good. It's so good to hear people just still discovering me, New York Loose, and, and my music. So that's awesome. Yeah, for sure. And uh, kind of before we really start, I, I want to start this uh, interview. I think it's very, very relevant, obviously, uh, to your album and to life as we know it right now. Uh, so since 2020, many things have changed uh, drastically because of the pandemic. Uh, what is something you've learned for learned about yourself because of the pandemic? Oh, my God. Um, I guess, you know, that I'm, you can't ever really, you're never really in control of anything. Um, you know, we all thought we had our sort of lives sorted out, you know, going to work every day and, you know, doing, going to a restaurant, maybe going to, you know, a trip and suddenly no one can do anything, especially here. I live in the UK and it was especially brutal here. And, um, I think I've just learned that, you know, anything can happen at any time. And, you know, and when, when something that happens sort of on a, on a global scale, it, it, really i think in a in a weird way really makes you really feel like actually we're sharing the planet with with everyone it's not just our little tiny little universe but you know um yeah so i think that's probably one of the main takeaways that i got from the pandemic <laughs> yeah for sure and, and the biggest thing i kind of realized is that like nothing is for sure anymore like yeah and usually like if you make plans or you like you, you want to do something you know you're like okay yeah, i'll meet you on friday or whatever but now it's like you're like just living day to day. You like you don't really know what tomorrow is really. You know what's going to happen tomorrow. Absolutely, and also I think um, 
I've learned to appreciate everything so much more, you know, just even even be able to just meet friends for a walk or, you know, hanging out in a bar or going to a restaurant or just being able to be free. You know, I mean, I felt locked down for so many of us was almost like being kind of under house arrest. And um, I don't take anything for granted anymore. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I'm I'm definitely the same way with that, because. You know, not being able to do very much, especially for, you know, like uh, going to concerts and all that stuff, the stuff that I really enjoy and uh, having that stuff not really happen anymore. Like when you do get opportunities like that, you can't take it for granted anymore. Like, yeah, know, like, like uh, just like with anything anymore, um, you really have to be thankful for the opportunities you do have. I know it's, it's true. And I think gratefulness, being grateful for just the little things in life is such a massive sort of um, lesson in how to be happy. So, yeah. It definitely is. And you know, just being thankful and grateful, I think, is uh, it's a good way to live. Because, again, as we, as we talked about, you never really know what's going to happen the next day or even the next hour. At, at some yeah. And so, uh, obviously, focusing on you, I'm, I'm chatting with Bridget West here. What was your exposure to music growing up? I grew up in a, a really big family, and most of my brothers and sisters were musicians, um, mainly my brothers. Um, so I always um, grew up around the band dynamic. In other words, you know, uh, in my in my house we had a basement, and my brother's band would um, rehearse in the basement, and I would always kind of like put my ear to the vent and kind of hear what they were doing. And I was just always fascinated by it, like from a very early age, and and sometimes. Um, they would let me go in and like sit on the amp and like just watch and how they put a song together and how the drummer kind of sort of like worked with the bass player and how, you know, just all those tiny little things that, you know, you learn being in a band. I learned at a really, really early age. So it was always something that was really natural to me. It was an environment I was always kind of familiar with. Um, I've always loved music. I taught myself how to play guitar when I was like 12 years old. And I started writing songs. And it was very much of a cultural thing in my family. Everybody sort of played and stuff and sang. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's kind of really where it came from. Growing up very close to New York, I had a lot of exposure to bands like the Ramones and, and the Misfits and that sort of thing and the Dead Boys and that sort of, you know, kind of, um, I, I quite like the darker side of music, Alice Cooper, of course. Um, I quite liked that, you know, I liked sort of that feeling of being able to kind of just burrow into a song and kind of feel like my dark side or this, you know, this sort of there's a, a bit of sadness or there's a bit of pain or there's a bit of, um, you know, I think because it was difficult for me to express myself when I was younger, I was actually really shy. Yeah, I really like what you said, like the the emotions in the music, like the you, you know, and kind of going on like the a little bit darker side, as you said, Alice Cooper the shirt I'm wearing. Cause yeah, he was the first concert I actually ever saw was Alice Cooper. Oh, you're lucky. That's a good one. <laughs> I think my first concert was Cheap Trick. Another another good one. That's a good one. Just to see live. Yeah, yeah. I had a great time. I still remember it. <laughs> you don't you don't forget your first concert. I, I you don't no you don't. <laughs> Especially if it's really memorable, like Cheap Trick or Alice Cooper, like you're gonna remember that. Yeah. And for me, just still being in high school to see, like, you know, because my brother was like, hey, we're gonna see Alice Cooper tonight. I'm like, all right, sure, let's do it. 
And uh, we were, I was just blown away because I wasn't very familiar with him, like, when I first went to the concert. But, like, it was just something about that whole stage show, that whole the theatrics, everything. It was completely different than, like, you know, the, uh, the concerts I saw, like, on DVD or YouTube or anything like that. Completely different. So, yeah. uh, for, uh, so for you, so you... You learned to play guitar. Uh, how old were you uh, when you uh, learned to play guitar? Around twelve, I think I was like twelve or thirteen. And you just you just uh, picked it up and started playing. Well, I had a little chord book, you know, like I got a little guitar, you know, learn how to play guitar book, um, and so I learned all my open chords and um, sort of you know just, just wrote kind of like folky songs and stuff, and then. Um, I figured out how to play bar chords and I got my first electric guitar and then I started rocking out. Nice. <laughs> that, that is really awesome. So, uh, for your, your, your songwriting, like when did you, uh, like really start, uh, writing songs? So I think I wrote my first song when I was about 13. Um, but songs have always come to me almost like poems or stories come to other people. Um, you know, I, I find it very therapeutic uh, writing songs. It's, you know, it's always, it doesn't come easy because it, it's not like it, it comes easy, but it's something that I feel really, really natural doing. And um, I think it was, it was just, it's just a, for me, it's a, it's a gift that I'm very grateful for. I, I um, that I'm able to write songs and people seem to like them. So it's really um, a nice thing for me to do as a person to express myself that way as an artist. It definitely is. I know, you know, uh, songwriting and just building a song is definitely, it's not easy as people like, you know, like listen to music, like, oh, this sounds, you know, really good, you know, um, but to actually like build a song and make it, you know, meaningful and also something that you really enjoy, there's, there's, there's a trick, there's a talent to it. Well, there's a craft. I think you get better at as you go. I mean, like anything, you know, I think others into my early songs, I'm like, mm, not so good. Um, and then, you know, um, there's definitely a craft of songwriting that you get better. I think it gets better as you go. Um, and then, um, you know, the thing is, is also for me, I am a songwriter. Like, I, I, and I always think of myself as a songwriter before I think of myself as Bridget Rest, the rock star from New York Blues, it's because I love to write songs and I like to explore my art form in many different mediums, which I've done if you follow my career you know, through all sorts of different things that I've done, um, mainly kind of more sort of into the alternative country stuff. You know, I've also done really, really, really heavy rock records, you know, um, but I, and I love the fact that um, I'm able to just be really quite diverse in, in the way that I write songs. And it's just amaz amazing to me. It always amazes me that everyone seems to still like it. You know, I, I've, I've been able to put material out and people still think, oh, this is Bridget, we, we like it. It doesn't matter if it's not all dressed up in black eyeliner and, you know, tough guitars. So, you know, I mean, the good news is that I'm, I'm really thinking um, about doing another rock album. I think I'm ready to do another rock album, but I've definitely sort of taken a break from that with Lockdown. It's much more of an acoustic album where I'm, 
sort of looking at some of my favorite songs um, and then also um, doing an acoustic version of something like Pretty Suicide, which is one of the New York Loose sort of well-known songs, plus my two new songs, which are um, called Can You Talk and Let's Build a Fire. So Let's Build a Fire is really quite a solemn, sort of very um, slow ballady song. Um, and Can You Talk is a lot more kind of, I don't know, bit Nick Lowe, you know, it's a bit, you know, that sort of... Um, up, upbeat, sort of poppy, sort of slightly country thing. Um, but yeah, so I just really enjoy writing songs and, and constantly exploring what I can do with them. Yeah, for sure. I definitely, I've, I've noticed that uh, from New York Loose and to your solo material, almost every album you know, it has its own kind of different style to it, you know, musically and, you know, lyrically and everything. Thank you for uh, noticing. <laughs> <laughs> You're very welcome. <laughs> but it, it is very true that you really, yeah. you really, every album, you really change it up. And I kind of like yeah. that, you know, not really Do you like that? I, I, I always think, I always feel slightly guilty because I feel like, you know, everyone knows me as Bridget, like the rock chick. And and then and then I put something out and they're like waiting for me to be the rock chick and I'm I'm a little bit I'm maybe something different, um, but you know I'm an artist I can't help it you know I'm not gonna but anyway yeah I mean the good news to all the rock fans out there is that there will be another album and that we will rock we will rock together again <laughs> I promise. <laughs> well, I really look forward to it. But in the meantime, uh, you know, going through your catalog, I again I I like things that. You know, people change it, you know, change it up and doesn't have to be like, we have to stick to this genre. Absolutely. I mean, look at, look at um, Alice Cooper, Only Women Bleed. I mean, if you listen to that song, it's just a fantastic country song, but it's Alice Cooper, you know, um, not that I'm saying that I'm, you know, on the level of Alice Cooper, but, you know, I, 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 I look at stuff like that and I think, you know, that's really interesting. And I wonder if people are truly, you know, uh, fans of mine and, and understand me as an artist as far as lyrically and connect with me, then I think they can go on that journey with me. And it's been really, really fun as a, a sort of an experiment with everyone in order to, to find out just how much they're going to put up with. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I'm not going to do a disco album or anything like that. That would, that would be There's so not going to be any R&B. <laughs> Bridget West disco album. I don't, no, absolutely I not. Mean, it's got a ring to it. <laughs> no, no, no. no. It, it's not going to happen. <laughs> but you're definitely, I would say everything kind of falls into like alternative rock if you really break everything down. But again, you throw in a, you know, a lot of different elements in there. And I think that makes things very interesting. Like, what are you going to do next kind of thing? Thank you. That's kind of that was sort of my 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 sort of plan <laughs> that people would think, what are you going to do next? So, yeah, that's right. Oh, I've just told you what I'm going to do next. Now, <laughs> no, we'll see. We'll see. Well, uh, you kind of did, but you could always change it up. You never know. I could. It could no. be an opera, Bridget West opera. <laughs> I'm only joking. <laughs> That would be something too. <laughs> I can't sing opera. I wish I could. I'm a big fan of opera, actually, but I, I there's no way I, I can't sing like that. So, no. <laughs> uh, so, no, no opera and disco for you. No, no techno, no opera, no doo-wop, no bossa nova, no jazz, probably, maybe. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> but you never know. The only thing for sure is that nothing is for sure. 
Yeah, well, we've just learned that, haven't we? We just talked about that before. <laughs> yeah, just probably like less than 10 minutes ago, too. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, something I, I really wanted to uh, discuss with you, because as I said, with your catalog, it uh, ranges quite, um, you know, not drastically, but it varies throughout each album. So what, what were some, you know, some of your influences, you know, for like your music, songwriting, from now and up until like present day? Well, I guess when I was younger, I, my, my music was uh, a catalyst for my anger, probably. Um, the way that I grew up, I didn't have a great childhood. And so it was my way to just, you know, tell the world that I was angry. Um, and, and that was quite, quite a lot of fun. Uh, and then I started learning more about myself. Um, I started to appreciate like I was saying before, the more the craft of songwriting and taking the idea of maybe just not writing a whole chorus, but maybe putting a tagline at the end of of a verse and making that the chorus. And um, as far as content, the things that I write about are usually ways that I'm feeling or stories that I've heard. So, um, my in, my musical influences come from absolutely everywhere and everything because I've listened to a lot of different kinds of music. Um, you know, I listen to everything from the Eagles to the Misfits, like I said. Or, I, I mean, I love love the Damned when I was uh, younger. I listened to. Um, I mean, I have to, I dare say I even listen to some really, really cheesy stuff like John Mayer. I, I mean, I quite I listen to songs for the song. I don't listen to music for the genre. I respect songwriters so much. I just love the art form so much. I think it's just, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, it's a, it's a three minute, you know, sort of story. Um, it's it's just for me i i love the idea of just the craft of songwriting so any good song probably will always have an impact on me and maybe somehow influence my writing in a in a positive way i hope that's always the hope but i think you made a very good point is you actually listen to the music for the song instead of going i only listen to rock music or i listen to yeah you know uh, country or whatever you actually listen to it for the song. And I think yeah. that's very important. I think people sometimes get caught up with, you know, listening to certain genres, only certain artists. Yeah. I think they're missing out on some really great music. Well, like I said, I, I think so. I mean, it's sort of like my little dirty secret that I listen to some of these really, really kind of, you know, cheesy things, but I'm listening to songs. And I, like I said, you know, um, songwriting is a craft and I and I but you know there's also the other element of it like when you know you just can't help it when you're listening to something like you know Aerosmith like Toys in the Attic you're gonna get excited I mean it is uh, you know so so that's also in the impact you know the impact is for me it's twofold it's what's going on with the guitars and the production and and what the energy of the song but then also I kind of look a little bit deeper around the form of the song the story and you know that sort of thing lyrics for sure, but I think I think that was a really good point because you know I kind of ask people about that stuff and no one really you know says it that they just listen listen for the song and to uh, uh, 
to really uh, feel the song. I yeah. Think it's very important, you know, for really anyone, you don't have to be a singer songwriter or a guitarist. You can be just a person listening to music. Yeah, why not? I mean, it's re and for me as an artist, that's so, so important because I'm, I'm, I really want to just keep getting better as a songwriter. Um, that's that's what I am. That's what I feel like I, I do. So, yeah. To constantly just make yourself better. I, mean, I I feel that with the way I do my podcast, too. Just always, you know, making yourself better and always exposing yourself to different you know ways of doing things, even if you don't necessarily agree with it or like it. Perfect. Yeah. Exactly. It's really important in life to keep an open mind and not think you have all the answers all the time, because otherwise you don't learn anything. And life is about learning. And that's what and growing is about learning, you know, and that's, that's another thing I've learned over the pandemic. It's, you know, it, it, it's about, you know, growing, like, let's just all really just keep growing as people, you know, and learning and becoming more enlightened and getting to know ourselves more and getting to know the people around us more. And, you know, where, where can we go? What, what, you know, what are, what are our abilities, you know, and what are our strengths? What are our weaknesses? It's, it's a, a really, really, really important way to sort of go forward in any sort of art form or project or your work or in relationships. For me, it's, it's a super important sort of method, really. Don't think you know everything. <laughs> no, it's very true. And I'm, that's kind of the approach I take with it, too, is just I know there's gonna, I'm going to run into someone who has more knowledge and information experience than me. And, you know, just thinking I'm the best at what I do just because it's me or, you know, because I have all the answers is not going to get you very far. No, it doesn't really. And especially nowadays, like with, with everything, as we say, like moving, shifting, changing, you really have to, you know, keep improving yourself because things could change the next day and you're completely lost. Mm -hmm. True. <laughs> So, and uh, for you, I know, so growing up in, uh, in and around uh, New York, um, how was like the music scene when you grew up compared to like the music scene in like the 70s and 80s? Well, I don't know. I mean, I was not really, I was, I was born um, at the very, very end of the 60s. <laughs> I'm not that old. I am old, actually. Um, but yeah, so... Um, <laughs> I don't know, really. I can only comment on what things were like for me. I used to go to the CBGB's hardcore matinees when I was in high school. So I would go and, you know, just make, you know, just hang out with like really cool bands that were playing hardcore punk music. Um, some of the hardcore bands, some of the, that were like a straight edge band, like the Gorilla Biscuits and that sort of thing. Um, yeah, so I've always sort of really been into kind of going into to, to CBGB or hardcore matinees before I could go into bars, you know, um, and then and then I would just start sneaking into clubs. I remember going to to Lemoore's in uh, in Brooklyn and going to see Hanoi Rocks, which was really really great. I mean, it really totally blew me away. Like, and I I was still in high school then, um, and. And then I realized, well, you know, there's this whole rock world out there. And I, I kind of really, really got very into it, you know. Um, and I went to go see lots and lots and lots of music. I think I saw Metallica's first gig, probably. 
Um, they played in New Jersey. Um, bands like Skid Row and that sort of stuff, they were from New Jersey, so they were kind of around. I used to go see them. Um, and then I kind of became a little bit more discerning, and I realized I didn't really like that sort of hair metal thing. I liked more of the punk stuff. So, um, yeah, so I would go see more punk bands. No, I, I was just—I uh, was just curious if you, if you had any information on that, but because uh, I really—I really enjoy punk music, so I obviously I, I listen to a lot of different stuff from like Bad Brains, Agent Orange, uh, Black Flag, New York Loose, as I said, uh, to a bunch of bands. Uh, I started listening to Dictators. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but oh yeah, of course. Yeah, I started listening to them uh, a few weeks ago. So yeah, I mean, I, punk music mostly my go-to. Obviously, I listen to a bunch of different stuff, but definitely punk is right up my alley. Mm, cool. For sure. Uh, so, for New York Loose, what like what really made it uh, like so special was it, like the timing. Uh, was it New York? Like, because it really got some people's attention, especially like in like '95. You know, obviously you toured with Marilyn Manson as well later on. Mm. What um, really attracted people to New York Loose? Well, I think that we actually were a good band. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. We were an amazing band. We were tight. We had good songs. We looked cool, you know, we had good influences, um, we were, we worked hard, uh, we really wanted it, we lived it, we were an actual real, you know, real rock and roll gang band. I mean, we really lived and breathed it. I think, you know, especially with the kind of music, you know, rock music, you can't really fake it. It has to be real. It has to be the real thing. Otherwise, people smell it out a mile away. And they knew when they saw us that they were, they were looking at the actual, you know, a really cool, real rock and roll band. I don't think so. I was watching some uh, live footage last night of, uh, of uh, New York Blues just to kind of get like, the, the feel and the vibe of it because obviously I never uh, saw you guys live. But the, one of the comments was like, um, I saw you, I saw New York Loose in the UK. I think I forgot what year he said, but uh, he's like one of my favorite uh, shows I've ever been to just because of the energy they brought. Wow. Thank you, whoever said that. It was amazing for me too. <laughs> For sure, uh, and uh, what, what and what I noticed when I saw you know, I was watching uh, on YouTube is like you guys sound you, you sounded really good. You sounded like the album. I know I was like watching on some grainy footage, but the sound was still there. It sounded really good. We were good. We were good. We were tight, and we were good. And then everything went wrong. But there, there. Thankfully, there's some footage out there that shows us in a and you know when we were still really good <laughs> before everybody kind of you know imploded. Yeah, definitely for sure. I, I know you talked about that on uh, a couple of different interviews now, so I, I don't have to go too much into that. Cause it's very, very well documented. Thank you. It was very difficult and painful for me to go through that. Thank you for sparing me again. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. I, I, I think everyone's kind of got the gist of the story, so there's really not too much to talk about. It's a typical thing, you know, typical you know, I even have a song on one of my, on the last uh, Desperate Hopeful, Bridget West Des Desperate Hopeful's album, 2016, called Typical Drunken Loser. Well, it's just the whole story is right there. It, it definitely, uh, it definitely is. And uh, it's unfortunate that it happened because honestly, I, and you've said it too, like you guys would have had, I think, a very, a very lengthy and successful career. Yeah. We should have, but we didn't. Anyway, whatevs. What are you going to do? Exactly. 
Um, I'm very happy now, by the way. <laughs> it's not like I'm walking around in misery or feel like a victim. It's all cool. It, you know, life turned out for me the way that it did, you know, and I'm really, really happy. I really want to do more music. I really, you know, I think one of my dreams would be actually to just be a guitar player in a band, just to be like a rhythm guitar player, just hanging back and doing, you know, a couple of backing vocals every once in a while. That would be awesome. Not to have to kind of, you know, keep the wheels on the bus the entire time, but just to be able to just, you know, lay back and play. That would be fun. So if anybody needs a rhythm guitar player out there, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty good. <laughs> yeah, you definitely are. And I think, I mean, just to, just to have fun, just, you know, show up, play guitar. Just want to have fun and fun. show up, yeah. Totally. You don't to worry, yeah, as you said, don't, don't have to worry about everything. Just show up, play guitar. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> All right, so uh, I was a big reason uh, I want to chat with you. Coming up present day now, uh, your new album, Lockdown. I heard it was a very different experience for you, you know, writing and recording this album. So how, like, how did it compare to like writing previous albums? Well, um, a lot of the stuff on Lockdown actually is um, cover songs, so I didn't write any of it, really. You know, I wrote, there's a couple of my songs on there. Um, Basically, what it was is that, you know, lots of people were doing these sort of like live um, videos on social media during lockdown, during the pandemic. And, you know, I was asked to do that as well. And I thought about it and I thought, my God, I've, I've never actually, I don't think I've ac actually ever done an acoustic gig, let alone sit with my guitar and my iPhone and broadcast it to the whole world. So I thought, well, this is this is going to be cool. This is a challenge I need to definitely rise to. So I did it, and um, so so those songs that are recorded on my on my iPhone just that went out to Facebook, um, those are recordings that are on um, lockdown. So those are all just one track, one take, me going through. It's a it's basically a live recording. Those are the acoustic songs, and then um, can you talk and let's build a fire. We're a collaboration with me and some producers, and um, they they kind of put the. I wrote the song, and I would send them sort of a skeleton version of it on my on my computer, on my iPhone, or whatever. And then they put the tracks together, and then they would send it to me, and I'd sit there and listen to that. Like maybe we should do it this way or that way. I don't really like that drum beat. Maybe that this way and that way. Anyway, so. We finally got the backing track together, and I just, I got myself like a, a Yeti microphone. It's like a like a broadcasting microphone. I don't know if you know. It was like the only thing I actually had in my house. So I went to my uh, a broom cupboard, really, and I that was like my quiet place. And I did the vocals. So yeah, so that's how I did that one. It's a uh, uh, were you for previous albums did you would you go to a studio yeah and, totally okay. I'd, I'd be in the studio with all the guys and we'd be kind of like you know you know playing lots of stuff live or then you know i'd go in and do my my sort of overdubs and then i'd go into the, the booth and do my vocals and then and everybody was there and you're feeding off everybody else's energy and people are going yeah that was a good take or i think you could do that better or you know where this one was just like completely like weird you know, it was like there was no one there. It was just me, and like, it was it was wild. I I can't believe I actually put this thing out. I mean, it's 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 the like you know it is really the most lo-fi thing you can imagine. But 
I actually like it. I mean, it's, it, it is just me, literally, it's just me. The, the acoustic stuff is just me. It's what my voice sounds like now. It's what my, you know, I'm not the best guitar player or whatever, but you know, it's, it's, it's out there. So people seem to like it, which is awesome. Well, yeah, I, I, I definitely, I've listened to Lockdown. What I really like, it feels very authentic. It feels very genuine. It yeah. is. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. It really, it is, really is. But yeah. by the way you uh, you know recorded it, you know, I, I heard people uh, when I interviewed people like they recorded like in a bathroom or like their basement, their you know garage. They were just recording in different places that actually would sound you know the best because it's kind of hard if you know uh, for vocals you know you pick up everything else you know. Yeah. But uh, you know, that's what people had to do because obviously no one could go to the studio to record. Totally. I was just hoping to God that the, you know, Amazon wasn't going to come and ring the doorbell, you know, cause then that I had to do the something. whole thing over again. <laughs> <laughs> you have to put a sign, don't ring the doorbell. I'm recording. Exactly. <laughs> uh, that would have been something though. Like hear a doorbell in the background. <laughs> one of the songs but it, it's the little things you have to think about now you know uh with with everything that oh you know i'm recording this but what if the doorbell rings or if, you know oh, yeah high anxiety what if the dog barks oh my god yeah the uncontrollable factors which it seems like that's like 2020 and now you know past 2020 in a nutshell is just all the uncontrollable factors that are just everywhere now yeah it's very metaphorical <laughs> It definitely is, but I I really enjoy lockdown. Just as I said, it, thanks. It's very it's very genuine, but also it, it it's very relatable too because obviously everyone's going through the same situation, uh, and it just it just feels uh, really you know very very relatable. I will go with that because I couldn't think of a better word. <laughs> Well, cool. Well, listen, you can actually get actual CDs of it as well um, from Bandcamp. Um, you can um, also order it from BridgetWestMusic.com. So you can get the lockdowns on CD and also um, Bridget West Desperate Hopefuls. And yeah, and all my songs are all kind of like on Spotify and all the major platforms that you can get and just listen to them. Definitely. I will I will leave links for your Bandcamp and for your website in the description. Awesome. So make sure to check it out. Purchase the CD. Please support Bridge of West because uh, I, I, re I really enjoy it. I know everyone else will as well. Thank you. And as I'm kind of uh, wrapping up, I, I just got some questions. I'm very, I'm very cur curious uh, for you. And I know you've been involved in the music industry, obviously, as we talked since New York Loose in the mid-90s. How has the industry like, changed from like the mid-90s to present day? I really wouldn't know because I'm not really, I don't consider myself in the music business because I just put records out and I do interviews and I say hi every once in a while. Um, but definitely it's the, you know, the obvious thing, you know, not to state the obvious, but that, you know, people aren't buying records anymore. Um, and now people aren't even really downloading albums anymore. So things are just turning into a full digital world where nothing is sort of um, tangible and music is just digital. Um, it's very difficult to make a living that way because there's no sort of equity in the download. There's no equity anywhere. No one can make any money. So the only way you really can support yourself as an artist now is to go out on the road and, and really, really hit it hard. Unfortunately, my situation doesn't really allow me to do that. Um, so yeah, I mean, 
I'm glad that that I actually was able to make albums when I did um, because I made albums and I made physical things, you know, I made albums and CDs and I, you know, I've got my platinum album on the wall from, from the Crow City Angel soundtrack and I'm able to, but yeah, it's, it's totally different now. It's much more of a fleeting thing, you know, and also people don't, I don't necessarily know how many people actually buy a full album, you know, so the, when, a, when an artist is, in the past, we were planning an album, we go, this is the first song, this is the second song, this is the third song, and then we're going to bring it into this round. And now I think it's so much more just song-oriented, you know, like, I like that song by this band, I like this song by that band, and then, and then the algorithm says, and I think you would like this because you like that. And so it's all very different. It's very different. It definitely, it's very like, you know, like singles, like oriented, like we'll just put out a song, promote that, and then we'll go on to the next one. Like I love yeah. albums. That's how I listen to music because, yeah. well, my car's a 2003 and all I have is a CD player. So I still have <laughs> CDs. Yeah. <laughs> That's definitely, and, and algorithms with everything run, you know, they pretty much run the whole, you know, internet pretty much now. Yeah. So, Not to mention yeah. our lives and what we buy and what we're ever you know so many things anyway yeah it's a whole other that's a whole other interview <laughs> that, that definitely is <laughs> with, with everything but yeah they run the whole world pretty much mm. uh as as we as we see but yeah definitely the whole the whole marketing i think aspect has really changed because you just have to sell like, it seems like music is like the least profitable thing for a musician now pretty much you can't do it for the money no, there's no money. Uh, you know, you just do it because you like it. It's something you know the, you're driven to do. So definitely have to have the the passion for it because if you're not having fun, then there's really no point doing it. True. So for you, I know obviously as you said your situation was different with uh, you know living in the UK, but uh, would you ever consider like doing just like acoustic gigs somewhere, like if if able to? Oh yeah, I'm. I'm actually. Yeah, I'm actually sort of talking about that at the moment. So, I will let you know. But yeah, I definitely want to get back out there for sure. Right, that that'd be really cool. Especially, I did, you haven't played like acoustic outside of uh, lockdown. Yeah. I've never done that. No, I haven't. That's a good idea. Maybe I should. All right. <laughs> They come up with good ideas here. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad this interview is worth something. <laughs> <laughs> As I'm wrapping up this interview, I know you lived you lived in the UK since uh, 1999. Uh, did you always plan on like living in the UK, or like how did like that uh, uh, move come about? Well, I was um, living in I was living in New Orleans. Then I moved to LA. Um, and then I started writing a couple of songs and I sent them over to Sony Music Publishing in the UK and they quite liked them and said, do you want to come over and, um, and just, you know, hang out for a while and, uh, and, and write with some of our writers here and you know, that sort of thing. And I said, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. So I did. And then basically I kind of met the father of my kids. And so I had kids. Um, I have two teenagers and once that happened, I kind of, I kind of got stuck. I, you, you know, you, I couldn't really move back because then they'd be away from their father. So I stayed and I'm glad I did, to be honest. Um, 
I'm really, really happy about living in the UK at the moment. It's a fantastic country. And I'm, you know, I'm close to Europe. I'm close to so many sort of the other places that I love to go. And um, it's great. I mean, the weather sucks. It's horrible. But um, yeah, that's, I, that's what I, that's, it's, it's my home now. It has been for 20, almost 21 years. Sorry. Well, yeah, since I was, yeah, oh my God, I'm going crooked. Um, yeah, so that's, it's, um, it's my home now. <laughs> no, I, I, was, I was just curious, like sometimes like people, uh, you know, they grow up and like, I want to live, you know, wherever and they you know, eventually move. So I'm just curious. Oh yeah, no, I, it was never my intention. Um, I was about to leave, actually. I was just about to turn around and go home. And then life changed very drastically for me. Um but yeah, no, it's not somewhere I went. Oh, I definitely want to live there now. No, oh, gotcha. I'm very, uh, very happy for you. Glad to live. Uh, you know, very happy for uh, you and everything. Obviously, in, in the UK and loving it. So I'm very Thanks. happy for you. Uh, so, what are your plans for like the rest of this year? And uh, like, what, what's uh, what's the goals? Well, I have um, I'm. Mm, I do lots of different things. Um, I'm probably going to make another record for sure. I'm going to do some gigs for sure. Um, I'm talking to some people at the moment. If anyone's listening from Italy, it probably will start there. And I um, am, I have an art, I'm an art dealer and I do sort of, you know, I, I deal with art and, and, and antiques. So I have a business doing that. Um, and that's starting to go very, very well. So I'm opening a shop and yeah, and I have a lot of different projects. Right on. That's, it sounds really awesome. Obviously staying busy for yourself and, you know, uh, so I'm very, very happy to hear that. Thanks. <laughs> I have to be busy. Otherwise I go nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you on that. I, I discovered that in 2020, uh, 2020 with, uh, not being able to do as much. I, I can't stay idle. <laughs> But uh, Bridget, thanks so much for hanging out with me here at Super Cool Radio. Really great time chatting with you. Uh, make sure to check out the links in the description, BridgetWestMusic.com. Make sure to pick up some CDs. Please support her. Check out Lockdown. Really great album that uh, I really enjoy. So make sure to check that out as well. Cool. And definitely check out my other stuff, you know, New York Lucy or The Rat and all the solo stuff. Like I said, BridgetWestMusic.com. And you can also get all my other stuff on Bandcamp. And uh, yeah, this has been a super cool time on Super Cool Radio. And that is the goal of every, <laughs> every episode. And I'm glad you had a really great time. For Bridget West, I'm your host as always, Matthew Thomas. Thank you so much for watching and listening to Super Cool Radio. Stay frosty. All right. <laughs>